Andrew Jackson was sworn in as the seventh president of the United States on March 4, 1829. He would leave office in 1837, eight years to the day after his reign of terror began. Jackson was a temperamental, vindictive leader who refused to halt his war path of destruction for anyone. A year into office, Jackson signed the Indian Removal Act, which forcibly removed most members of major tribes from the southeast to Indian territory, an act of aggression that would later be known as the Trail of Tears. What would later be a footnote in U.S. history textbooks was, in reality, one of the greatest human rights violations in history. Jackson's name has conjured up images of horror and started controversial conversations in the nearly 200 years that have followed since his presidency. His controversial image was later foisted onto Phoenix-based folk punk standouts Andrew Jackson Jihad, now known simply as AJJ. Through a second full-length album, People Who Can Eat People Are the Luckiest People in the World questions the human spirit. Lead singer Sean Bonnet proudly claims that people are his religion because he believes in them. But can you believe in someone that was so unapologetically horrid? Even within the context of the album, violent acts of aggression that showcase humanity's darker side are woven throughout the 11 songs. Yet, there's an unbreakable spirit that persists within AJJ. They find immense comfort in bouncing all over the spectrum of human emotions. People who can eat people is a testament to the human spirit. And more importantly, it's an art school album. People are wasteful, they waste all the food. People are hateful and people are rude. But God, I love some people sometimes because people are very, very special. Friends, colleagues, well-wishers, haters. Welcome to Art School Albums. This is Jake Klingensmith, fan favorite. Maybe, I've been on a lot. I actually don't, there's actually no evidence if I'm a fan favorite or not, but I've certainly been on it more than anyone other than uh, our usual host. Our usual host, Case Low, is unavailable to host today. However, he is available as a guest. Fuck, what a long intro. Are you done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. So I haven't introduced you yet. Shut up. Okay, now we're doing comedy bang bang bits. Please, everybody, welcome my guest, Case Low. Case, thank you for coming. You know, one of my big fears about doing this, being the guest on an episode that you host, is that for a year and a half now, for as long as this show has been going on, Although most of the episodes have sounded the same, there's been mm. a war in my mind of like, I just, this is not the right format. The, the show could be something more like this. The, it's, it's just not there yet. And I'm afraid now that we've switched roles, the show is better when it's just you hosting it. That's, I'm afraid that's the conclusion that we're going to come to <laughs> is that I was the variable that was the issue. First off, hush. <laughs> you, I will not let you talk about you like that on your special final episode for now um but uh i think you should I, what what i'm hearing is that you would prefer a podcast where you make people listen to an album you like and then they have to interview you about it that's not the point i was making <laughs> i think the point i was trying to make was that i really i feel like this podcast is so close to actually being very good and it hasn't quite hit that point and maybe the problem is that the person hosting it is the problem. People love this podcast. I it's don't... the only podcast I have ever heard. Continue. 
that's true though for something like i have become so irate at people that come on this podcast two things of like is it okay that i've never heard the show before yes it's okay that you've never heard the show before i don't care but the thing that bothers me is the yeah i don't i don't really listen to podcasts all that much like this is kind of new for me it's like what i i'm sorry you have a personality i guess i mean shit but has that been like flattering you're like oh you start with mine no, it's just been confusing because it's such a it's such a defining characteristic of my life, not only hosting two podcasts, but listening to dozens. It's a yeah. big part of my life. And so I just what I don't understand those people. To you, it's like someone's like, yeah, I don't really listen to music. Exactly. Okay. Which is another thing that ugh, some people I've I've never met one of those people in the wild. I've never met someone who's like, yeah, I don't really listen to music. I mean, my mom is kind of one of them. I think we're going to talk about that at some point. She, I mean, she doesn't know anything about music. She doesn't know bands. She doesn't know songs. She knows nothing. So I do have, just, just while we're still at the top of the show, I do have a question. Please. It's, so this is uh, the finale of Art School Albums. Um, that's what I've been told for weeks. We're going to end Art School Albums. going to end Art School Albums okay stop telling me about it fine and i turn on last week's episode the penultimate episode melodrama lord with your good friend marie and i hear this is the end of art school albums for now elaborate yes yeah well i i have hit a point in the show where a few things have happened one I feel like I've maxed out this format and I don't really know what to turn to. At the start of this year, I tried to do some more free-flowing episodes and I really enjoy those, but, and this will sound condescending, but it's, it's, it's not, I promise. I don't necessarily have the access to the clientele to do a lot of, hey, let's sit down and just talk about music and have these opinion shows because most 22-year-olds don't care about this sort of stuff, which rightfully so, they have lives, I do not. So I feel like I've maxed out this format. Uh, the world is opening back up soon. I know you got your second dose of the vaccine today. I will get mine. Uh, the, the, by the time this comes out, I'll have my second dose. And I kind of just want to not worry about booking a guest a week for a little bit. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just what it is. I feel like this is a natural conclusion. A, a really underrated part of the toll the pandemic has taken on people is that I have not met anybody new over the past year Mm. with the exception of Vail Olinger, who was on the show a few months ago. And we talked to, I talked to her about how she's like the only friend I feel like I've made over zoom school because I didn't know her previously. And now she tolerates me, which is a huge win for me. So I've, I've just run out. I like, I've literally run out of people. I know that want to do the show because I've asked people, that I know that have said they're not interested. I've started reaching out to other people, musicians to see if they want to do the show and they either don't get back to me. They're very polite and say that they're not, you know, interested in doing it right now, which is entirely fair. I can't believe, you know, Max Stern, who is not famous by any means, although he should be like Max Stern did the show, which to me is mind blowing because he did not have to do that. It just, it feels like a natural stopping point, but the feed will still be active. I could change my mind at any point and, and bring back the show either on a weekly basis or, you know, maybe something happens over the summer and I say, well, you know, my friend Jake, come on over here. Let's sit down with some microphones and let's talk about music for an hour. 
breaking breaking news to the art school albums fans is this is may, maybe not the end a little tease there from the old case man um i do want oh you had something to say i did have a question real quick did it bother you that somebody else did melodrama I'm trying to think of the uh, political way to answer this do i think it's interesting do i think it's interesting that for three years I'll say to my friend Case, yeah, Melodrama's maybe my favorite album ever. Not ever, top five. And he goes, whatever. Yeah, okay. Don't really want to listen to it. And then once his podcast is ending, his podcast where he talks to his friends about their favorite music, I get a text from him that says, dude, green light by Lord. Like, yeah, I... I know that. Where have I you did been? not. I had I had literally never heard that song before. I knew none of the songs on that album. And when I texted Maria, I said, "Hey, I'd like you to do one more episode if you if you want to come on." And she sent me a few albums, and then she goes, "Oh, I could also talk about melodrama." And I it was fate. I knew that was the episode to do. Not yeah. only because I thought I thought she was a tremendous guest, sure. I also thought, man, it might annoy some people I know that she's the one doing this album. But so it was worth it for me. Well, this is. Now that I'm hosting, this is a gotcha show. I've gotten you. Gotcha. This is a, something that bugs me. Is sometimes you'll give an opinion on something and you'll, it'll be negative and you'll say, oh, I don't like that. That's not good. And then it comes to light eventually that you've actually just never seen or heard this thing we're talking about. And then you'll go, hmm, not too bad. But I don't think I've said I don't like melodrama. I just didn't care about the album. There, this this is a larger issue between us that maybe we should hash out some other time. Unless you want to do it right here and get. I've dirty. been in a, I've been in a pretty bad mood all day, so we can hash <laughs> this out right now. By the way, I you know what I was thinking about today. Um, so as you mentioned, this morning I got the second dose of my Moderna vaccine. It's coursing through my veins as we speak, and I was just thinking about if this truly is a time capsule. This podcast starts with. Um, with us talking to each other in person in like October, 2019, just a couple yeah. months before the pandemic, you've sort of tracked the pandemic with all these episodes. And I thought it would be really funny if like the final minutes of the final episode is the side effects of my second dose kicking in. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like getting a fever. <laughs> <laughs> it is something that I've thought about between this and the other podcasts that I do. I, I like that this is kind of a time capsule of right. 2020 into 2021 because it's not like I wrote all the time. I mean, I have some journal entries of stuff that was happening throughout the past year, but it's it was less of a reflection of what was going on in the world and just sort of some other things. I like that there's audio that exists of this. I mean, I, I was yeah. talking to you yesterday. I, part of the reason that this show was appealing to me in the first place was I, you know, I do a lot of interviews and podcasts over Skype, but I was so excited at the prospect of interviewing people in person just because it was going to be something different. And I think I did 17 in-person episodes, 15 of those were interviews. And then I did two solo shows. And then the next 53 have been over zoom. I've shared it before. The last picture I have of me pre-pandemic is me posing with Charlie Ulch an awesome uh, for, the, for, for the green day episode which it's mind-blowing to think a few days later the world was just drastically different because i remember i had kylie sagayan who ended up coming on the show a few months later i had kylie booked that next week and it was like a big deal when i sent her a text like kylie 
the novel coronavirus is taking over. I just don't, I don't think you could be in my dorm room right now. We will have to reschedule, not knowing that the next time I would talk to her, I would be in Indiana and we'd be doing this yeah. over zoom. So yeah, it's, it's been a nice time capsule, I think. That's interesting. So I, th that kind of leads me into, I, I have one question and then I have a segment that I'm going to seamlessly segue into as host of art school albums, interim host of art school albums. Um, and it's uh, if you have to, if you were going to reflect on the the legacy, let's say of this show, what do you think it's meant to people? I mean, I know there are, I know there are people that listen every single week, which I do appreciate. I know my friend Sean Sloan listens every week because he'll text me feedback throughout the episodes. Some of which is very flattering, some of which is not. Uh, I know you know our core friend group of people that have been on the show. You know you, Caleb, uh, Soul, Tally, Dooley. A lot of those people listen often. I, I want to briefly mention someone that I know from high school, which we'll talk about a, a lot in this episode, but I saw on iTunes a few days ago that uh, my friend Nick Kovacs from high school left me a, a review on iTunes, which I thought was very nice. And I know Nick listened, so that was very Ooh. kind of him uh, because he is he is someone that has, he has seen an arc. Uh, he uh, was familiar oh, with, with old sure. case and he is now uh, to some extent familiar with current case, which is, which is quite the arc. I, I think it was a fun show. I mean, it certainly like by now, part of it is that I just make a lot of jokes about it, but I, have become known around our school for being a guy with a podcast which is both good and bad um, it's not true it's not the image that i was actually hoping for but it is the image that i have and i think that's all right i've had a lot of fun doing this show i, I i'm I, i'm sure this is not the last medium or i guess venue rather i will be in where i'm interviewing people talking about music i think this is hopefully the start of you know a life of doing this hard to have as i've said to people this week and now a podcast called art school albums if you're not in art school anymore thank Having you said that. so this is this is something that i've been saying to people They're like no no no, you can continue and i was like no i think i'm good this is it's a natural out i graduate in two weeks let me have this out well case a lot of people uh are upset that you're ending this thing and uh they have uh some thoughts to share about it fantastic i think we should hear them Case. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is Aaron. Um, so proud of everything that you've done and I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, love you, King. Hope you're doing great. Miss ya. Hi, Case. It's Allison. I just want to say congrats on such a wonderful journey with your podcast. I'm so proud of you for doing a thing and working so hard and you are going to go places and I'm so excited to see you every step of the way. Um, I love you. Enjoy your last episode. Love you. Bye. Hey Case, this is Kylie. I just want to say congratulations on the pod. I think you are the ultimate ally, the ultimate dude, an excellent interviewer, and you have a perfect walking pace. Anyways, congrats on everything. Love you, bye. I have a friend named Case Low, and he's a podcasting pro. Art School Albums Heated Start to talk about music from the heart, and it was a fantastic show. Wow! Go Case! What's going on, Case? What's up? It's your good friend, Caleb. Your very close friend. Um, I don't know if this is supposed to be like funny or sentimental, so it's probably be neither. Um, 
I just want to say congrats on the podcast. It was a historic run. It was one of the only podcasts to have all my friends on it. So that's crazy. Um, I did have I did I did have like one pitch for you because I don't really know what your what your plans are like what you're up to after this. So I just want to run some by you real quick. I was thinking it'd be kind of like a like a limited run spinoff of art school albums. Um, it'd just be you and me, no guests. Um, it'd be called uh, Rick Ross albums. And, um, you know, every week we'd talk about a Rick Ross album. Uh, probably spent a few weeks on, uh, on Teflon Don. Um, but hey, that's, you know, that's besides the point. Just shoot me a text or something, man. Um, look, uh, huge congrats, truly. Um, all right. All right. Goodbye. Hey, Case, it's Maddie. I remember when I was on the show and you asked me if I would ever date anybody who listened to Crywank, and that was one of the most important questions in modern journalism. So congratulations on a great show, buddy. Love ya. This is uh, Danny DeVellis. Wow, Case, 500 episodes of the Art School Albums podcast. Congratulations. That is a benchmark to beat. Um... So we're not going to do the end by uh, the Black Eyed Peas. That's not, um, that episode's not happening. Case, I'd like to thank you for all of the awesome conversations, hot takes, and just conversations that you've provided for me and the people that you have been so kind as to ask to be on your podcast. Uh, I know that I'm going to miss it. But I also know that you're going to continue to have your footing in both the comedic and music critical world. And I can't wait to see where the future takes you, my friend. I love you. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen forever. Hey, Case Lowe, it's Jack Pogan. I just want to say congratulations on an amazing podcast, Ron. I'm honored to have been a guest. Just a big congrats. And uh, go Knicks. Case. It was an honor to appear on Art School Albums. This podcast was an ideal container. It was a safe space where you could share your hot takes and bold opinions with a consenting audience. So when Jake told me that you were recording a series finale, I was shocked. It's like he was telling me that you were giving up on therapy. Without this podcast, you might feel inclined to share your musical opinions candidly. So for the sake of your friendships and your romantic pursuits, I urge you to reconsider the conclusion of this series. Congratulations. Job well done. Wow, Case. I can't believe they canceled you. You were doing, you were doing so well, and they decided to let you go. What a bummer. Oh, this is Nathan. Um, congratulations on graduating in the podcast. It was really fun listening to you this entire time. Um, can't wait to see what you do next, bud. Love you. Hey, this is Carson. Tim Allen, Kelsey Grammer, Bruce Willis, and now, Case Lowe? How many white men do the leftists in Hollywood have to take from us? I was furious when I heard the news that Art School Albums was ending. 
But wasn't it a blast of a time, guys? Really, wasn't it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know. I was only asked to be on the podcast once, but hey, it was a great podcast. But I will uh, leave you with a quote from this guy, Jeff Bezos. He says, he says, I go to bed early and I get up early. I like to putter in the morning, so I like to read the newspaper. And that's for you. And um, so happy birthday, Case. Uh, Art School Albums was awesome. You're a great guy. Everyone everyone likes you. And I, I'm so sorry. Or I'm really happy. Whatever you are about this podcast ending. I share that. Okay, cool. Case, congrats on Art School Albums. This was such an awesome ride for you. And I'm really proud of you. It was so great. Thank you for having me on. Um, I can't wait to see what you do next. Proud of you, buddy. What's up, Case? It's Sally. Uh, good job, I guess. <laughs> no, really sick pot. <laughs> I was going to just sneeze. This stupid bit. Sorry, Case. Um, no, um, but honestly, uh, this is so long. A- anyway, um, for real though, you did a really good job with this podcast and you really committed to it, which is something I struggle with. I can't make content that isn't just homework or um, I have to do it. Um, and I've always really admired that about you and you really did the thing and it's uh, all packed up nice and neat and done and a project that you're proud of and you're done with and you're moving on and I think that's really beautiful. And I think you did a really good job, and um, eventually throughout my life, I'll go back and listen to every episode instead of just the ones I'm on. Um, But, I don't know, I love you, and I'm proud of you. Good job. Fuck you, I hate you. Bye. Case, congratulations on the podcast, man. You really had the best podcast, and you're throwing it all away. So I hope you have a good plan for what's next. Hi, Case. It's Caroline Springer, longtime listener, first time caller. Congratulations on the podcast. It's been a joy to listen to. I really appreciate you creating a space for both male manipulators and Charlie XCX fans. I feel extremely seen by that. Um, amazing work. Congrats again. And I'm happy to have been included in even just a small way. So um, see you soon, King. What's going on, Case? This is Rick Mahorn. Listen, I'm sad that you're ending that Art School Albums podcast, but I just want to congratulate you for having that. This is from your boy, Jake. And tell me, hey, he tells me that, you know, you kind of a tough type basketball player in your own right. Only in the driveway, only in the pickup game. But listen, congratulations. And I'm a legend. I don't even know why, but I got a bald head to show you that I'm a legend. But really, really, congratulations. I'll carry you home tonight. For those uh, who are wondering, um, that last voice, if you're not a hoop head, was a 1989 NBA champion, uh, Rick Mahorn. The payoff. It took so <laughs> it took so long to get there. 
I think that's like an eight minute video. It is. I let me tell you something right now. I'm so thankful of everyone who sent stuff in. I texted every single person. Yeah, if you want to send me 10 to 15 seconds. <laughs> and they I got and look, it's great that you sent more, but that's a long segment. <laughs> Thank you to everyone that sent in kind words especially caroline springer it means a lot to hear from you it's say that i knew i had to put her second to last it's such a bummer that the nicest thing that ever happened to me in my life is about my podcast <laughs> it sucks so much <laughs> that people have never been this nice to me before and they're gonna choose to be kind about a fucking podcast by the way i just also just really quickly want to throw in uh I had a list of even more people. To I wanted to reach out to everyone who's been on the podcast whose number I had. And there were several. I just want to say I, I, uh, I started reaching out and then I had work and I uh, stopped because I was tired. So I'm sorry. I, I can't believe Sam Sturbins was in there. I can't he was believe essential. Jack Pogan was in there. That's a yep. great poll. I don't think I've talked to Jack Pogan since I recorded the podcast with him and I Jack, really like him. Jack sent me a happy birthday text which was very nice. And so then literally that same day, I texted him, hey, by the way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everybody. I I hope we have listeners that stuck through that. The Rick Mahorn payoff at the end. Cameo is so good. It's just the it's, best. I was saying the other day, I think it's the only good part of life in the 21st century. <laughs> it's, and they had, do you remember those billboards they had in the red line where it's like cameo, yes. the thing your mom will know about next year? What a, Here, what a tagline. I just think that I thought that was crazy because that's not like good. You don't want to be, you don't want to be like doing something that you're, you know, your mom's going to like next year. I mean, it's going to be lame. But I, I, I they were going to get, I, I thought it was a brilliant tagline. We don't need to argue about we the merits of Cameo right now. Um, oh my also, goodness. Thank I you. Just, I also do want to say, uh, when Rick Mahorn called himself a legend. <laughs> Thank you. I, I've almost glossed over that's this. That's because I told, I told him he was a legend. <laughs> I don't want people to think Rick Mahorn is like, is like some some egomaniac. I, I said, you're a legend, dude. Because I, I did not know that. So when Rick Mahorn is thanking me for the podcast, I'm like, man, this is a really cool thing. And then he's like, yeah, I guess I am a legend. <laughs> <I'm> a legend. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, he so was addressing. Insane. Do you know what I told him what my message was? I said, my friend Case had a podcast. He's ending it. I, I said, a, a successful podcast <laughs> called Art School Albums. And I, I want I just like wanted him to say something about basketball. And I said he loves tough <laughs> 80s and 90s basketball. And he correctly assumed that meant you're a tough type basketball player in this. Which is which is accurate. It's accurate. But to have look, that's the defensive juggernaut on a defensive-minded championship team telling you you're a tough type basketball player. Oh my goodness. Uh, that just reminds me of, and I think, I think we've actually talked about this on this podcast before, but about Norm, yeah, about Norm Holly <laughs> of second city fame. The one morning he walks into our improv class, it goes, LeBron could never play against Bill Lambeer. Lambeer would swat his shit out of there. <laughs> he said, he said, and that was a different time. He said, he said, if Rick Bahorn was in the lane, LeBron James would never dunk again. <laughs> Something someone would say, if you're a thousand years old, which Norm Holly is, in fairness. Well, well, thank you, yeah, Jake. No that was yeah, of course. That that was so kind of you. Do you have anything else planned? No. Okay. I don't. Cool. I used up all my all my bits at the top of the show. 
I so I guess what I want now, and you've done so much already. Um, I would like you to briefly ask me a real question, but do an, do your case impression of me asking someone a question on this podcast. The like the voice. Do the whole thing. Oh shit! Okay, and but of it... of something that I can answer, something that will benefit this podcast. Okay. Um. Now, this is the end of the show. This is the end of a, of an album. I'm of a podcast. I'm pretty proud of, and I think it's appropriate in the final episode that we return, so to speak, to an album that we personally discussed at the beginning of our relationship. It's AJJ's People Who Eat People Are the Luckiest People of All. When was the first time you heard this album? This is exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, so Is that what you would say? Is that how you would have started? That's, that's pretty much it. Let me briefly, just because I prepared this thought of my musical upbringing, which I ask everybody on the show, but I've never really talked about uh, like I said earlier, my mom does not listen to music. She doesn't know anything. My dad primarily listened to hip hop when I was growing up and it's changed a little bit now, but I just have very early memories of listening to Jay-Z's The Black Album and 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, among other things. So that was sort of my early introduction to music. I split off and got pretty into, I got into Nirvana in fifth grade and they were the first band that I was just like, Oh my God, this is very, and this was, this was early because this was pre like nineties nostalgia. And also no other, I mean, I didn't have friends in fifth grade. It's it's still to this day, probably the worst year of my life, uh, probably because I was listening to a lot of Nirvana. Fifth grade. Fifth grade was horrible. So why? I just, I, I was, unprepared to deal with the social nature of that grade Mm. i didn't like i haven't had friends for most of my life but i especially did not have friends that year um but from nirvana you know you kind of bounce into your more mainstream alternative bands when i was 13 more mainstream like a cage the elephant type more contemporary okay okay that's okay that's fair that's fair but the you just <laughs> walking around fifth grade and you're like <laughs> you're like why don't i have any friends and then someone comes up and they're like oh you're listening to your nirvana and you're like you wouldn't know them they're alternative and, and they're like okay geez i'll leave you alone <laughs> i don't i don't that's, remember that's it happening that way, but that's but... no that's there's probably some truth to that <laughs> Just like it's funny to call like one of the most famous bands ever. That's not the point. I'm like making. less, less, a little less mainstream than a uh, Cage the Elephant. That's not right. the point I'm being, I was making. No, I know I'm gaslighting you. Um, oh, and what else is new? Uh, when I was 13, I discovered Minor Threat, and I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. they're straight edge. What's that? Oh, they choose to not have fun. Basically, sign me up for that oh, lifestyle. Wow. I think that's cool as shit. Uh, and I'm I'm wearing a, a straight edge T-shirt today. It's the Bridge Nine uh, like logo man. So it's like a, a like the misfit skull, and it says drug free mm-hmm. on the top of the shirt. And I wear a lot of graphic T-shirts. I'm like, you know, most of my shirts say yeah. something on it. This sure. is the one shirt that I wear in public, and people do not fuck with it. I get a lot of <laughs> looks when I wear this shirt. They're not okay with what I'm doing at all. But uh, the first time 
I heard AJJ, formerly Andrew Jackson Jihad, people yeah. who can eat people are the luckiest people in the world. That's it. I think I messed up the title. You did. I wasn't going to call you out on it, but you did. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school. And I, I've told this story on the podcast, so I'll tell it again briefly. Uh, my friend, Sam Laganza, who we had, he was kind of the first person that was my age that liked similar music because he was also into punk rock. We were really into the Misfits at the time, which is something that I look back on. as like, oh, that's weird that there's like a three-year period of my life where I really liked the Misfits and they're cool now, but I just wouldn't consider them to be like an essential band of my life. But he sat me down one day, we were in a, a class it was called SLT, which was kind of just like a bonus study hall. And some okay. SLT teachers were really strict and you couldn't talk to anybody and you had to do your work. But we had a really cool one who, as long as we kept things reasonable, like a reasonable, reasonable volume, we could talk, we could hang out. And I remember coming into class that day and Sam sat me down. He was like, you have to listen to this song. And I don't like sharing earbuds with people. I would rather no. people just no. text me, just text me the song, let me consume it on my own time. That's kind of what we'll I was telling like, I was that's like, ah. like that's a post COVID life change. <laughs> no, I want your gross ass earbud. Thank you. Ear. Oh my goodness. These are the, th this is the new normal. Uh, but I remember like, ah, nah, just, just text it to me. I'll listen to it later. He's like, no, you have to listen to the song right now. <laughs> it's really funny. And he showed me knowing. Knowing it's Andrew Jackson Jihad. <laughs> he showed me three songs that day. Uh, the first of which was People to the Recting by AJJ. And then yep. that same day, he showed me New Mexico song by Johnny Hobo and the Freight Trains, who were another legendary folk punk band. Yep. And then he showed me Tears Over Beers by Modern Baseball. And I've talked on the show numerous times about how much I love Modern Baseball. Yeah. And that is, it all kicked off one day it was just yeah. like a mind-blowing experience because i again even the punk rock i was listening to at the time was late 70s and early 80s punk because if you yeah. watch any sort of punk documentary or just the way punk is written about you kind of think it dies after yeah. 1983 you think the, what those are the ones they hit up is that like yeah exactly of either commercial appeal now through again a band like the misfits or if you just watch like a, a documentary on the dc hardcore scene there's it's all dead after 84 really and so i didn't realize that these were ideologies that continued for another 20 30 years until right around this time. And AJJ was one of those bands where not only yeah. did they help me on a, on a tremendous emotional level, but they were the first band where I cared about what record label they were on. And I learned that they were on Asian man records, which we can talk about in a second. Cause I think it's a super important label. And that led me to, you know, okay, well, what are all of these other bands on? Let me look at their rosters. And then this was right around the time that I had started streaming music through Spotify and they had their suggested artist page. And I think about, the countless amount of artists that I discovered through AJJ, either just mm -hmm. being an associated act or touring with them or AJJ covering their songs, because yeah. we've, we've talked about the silver juice quite a bit and you know, my uh, feelings on David Berman and how just, yeah. I think he was such a tremendous musician. I discovered who the silver Jews were through AJJ. Mm -hmm. They did yeah. a cover of the song candy jail, which is no longer on YouTube. I can't find it. It drives me insane. And I was like, whoa, what's what's this? Because the, the lyrics are poetic, like an AJJ song, but they're a little bit more mature and just, it was a different feeling. And I was so intrigued by that. And then I went through three or four years where the Silver Jews, their music was not streaming and you would either have to listen to it 
through the YouTube app. Or part of the reason I started getting really into collecting vinyl was I had a record store near me that had a really good selection of Silver Jews albums. And I would go there and, and you know, kind of grab one every once in a while and would build and build on that collection. And that's all through AJJ, who was weirdly, other than maybe the Smiths and Minor Threat, the most influential band of my life. I was going to say, I do want to, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going down this pipeline because you're the guest this week of all these, uh, the record label and all that stuff. I do want to touch on what you said though about the uh, them being like your gateway into all the other yeah all these other bands like the Silver Jews and stuff because uh, a, a big part of the reason we're talking about this album is because uh, this was an album that you and I uh, when we were in high school this is the reason we know each other is basically this album this and Pete Holmes yeah let's not talk about that one though. <laughs> I was um, actually looking earlier today to because I was well. I was looking to see if <laughs> I could still find our Facebook messages because oh whoa yeah Jake and Jake and I you know we lived together our freshman year of college we met through a Facebook group for yeah. Columbia College Chicago incoming class, freshmen class of twenty twenty one class of twenty twenty one in twenty seventeen all of a sudden it's twenty twenty one and I think you had made a post before me. I saying have. like, I'm Jake. I love comedy. Uh, I'm super fun to be around. I am, from I'm a master. <laughs> yeah. I'm a master of my craft. And then Name I, it, whatever. I'm there. I'm doing it. No, I didn't say it. And I, I must have. I would love to know what my post said because that sort of introductory I, thing has always made me very uncomfortable. I would love to know what detail I shared about myself, other than hey, this is what I'm going to major in. But I know that you very quickly sent me a Facebook message. They're like, oh, cool, another comedy major. Amazing how I, things change I, in four years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ugh, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love all of you comedy majors listening. But but you had a picture at the time when you were on social media. You had a picture of <laughs> you Holmes. and Pete Holmes together. And, I, and this is right around the time where is, Crashing yeah. on HBO had just come out. And we were watching this as seniors in high school going like, this is the coolest this is show. The this is going to be <laughs> us and then freshman year of college hit, and we had to stop watching crashing because it got too real too fast it got so, like too it wasn't fun and then also like i was watching I was like i don't think i like this show <laughs> um because we were like watching it the way like we're watching it the way uh a child would watch like the Super Bowl and be like, <laughs> that's what I want to do. That's exactly it. Um, and then oh, we got the shit rocked out of us at training camp day one. Like Rick Walker going, no bits in my class. I know you guys <laughs> think you're funny. You're not. Don't do bits that in was, my class. That was a good rule. Um, oh, God, yeah. No, Rick Walker, not to go deep into freshman year, Columbia College Chicago, Rick Walker should be teaching freshman comedy. It's good for them. I just want to say, but the reason, genuinely, the reason is because I saw it, you posted in the group same major you look you were just like some dude who looked kind of like me so i was like okay promising lead not like for any weird reasons just because i was like he won't be i don't know people and, did uh, think we were brothers freshman year and Our i don't i don't similar. think we get that anymore we don't um thank like god <laughs> <laughs> um but i went on your profile and one of the only things on your because like you didn't have like a crazy Facebook page. No. One of the only things on there was likes Andrew Jackson Jihad. And I was like, well, that's something I know. 
And the reason I knew it, very similarly, I had a friend who like, I remember being in his car and he went, you got to hear this. And he put on the Michael Jordan of drunk driving. And I was like, this is cool. I don't hate that. That's funny. It made me laugh. And, um, and then I, he went, it's called folk punk. And I went, what? Um, but I listened to uh, People Who Eat People, listened to Knife Man, really liked both of them. Um, and then I thought maybe I should start listening to some other folk punk. Didn't, didn't make the transition. Um, I think the only other like album in this area that you went down that I really loved was um, uh, Defiance, Ohio, The Great Depression. I was going to say, I knew, I knew you had some sort of affection for Defiance, Ohio. It's, yeah, I, it's wild to think that this is kind of how we came to be because this is an album that I, I sent you a but list of But I was just going to say, your, your, your theory of like, this was the gateway, I think it has, because my friends in high school, I showed them this album and they really loved it and they don't listen to this stuff. So I think this album has a weird like mainstream appeal that some of the other albums in this genre don't. That also reminded me, I remember, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I remember being a senior in high school almost like we were dating like showing people our facebook messages yeah, no, we had like a long distance like i've never met him but he's my boyfriend it, that's that of like can you believe there's this guy in boston that likes comedy <laughs> we were probably talking about like how funny louis ck was at the time like <laughs> that likes comedy that we likes like, this man AJJ. <laughs> he's never gonna let Aziz us down <laughs> legend um so Crystalia, i <laughs> legend don't like him but he's a legend no, yeah, we... um so yeah this it, it, this album it, it's funny because i sent you a list like i would a normal guest where i tell a guest you know send me three to five albums that you you think you'd like to talk about we can kind of whittle it down from there i sent you a list of five albums that you were not interested in discussing and i sent you those albums because they were specifically records that i had discovered in high school that i still listen to on a regular basis now it was you know minor threat out of step i really want to talk about this is part of the reason maybe the podcast wasn't as successful as it should have been is <laughs> i really want to talk about the, you to talk about melodrama by lord you <laughs> know. but i, I really want to talk about <laughs> this this record called embrace which was the band ian mckay did after minor threat embrace put out one album i think it's one of the greatest records of all time and i really want to talk about that and jake yeah. was like absolutely not uh i, I wanted it should i said it should have a finale feel so exactly so i i recommended jeff rosenstock's worry which i thought maybe you might be into touche amore stage four and bell and sebastian if you're feeling sinister all for the reason that I was trying essentially to avoid talking about this record because yeah. it's not one that I've I've listened to in years at this point, probably not since my freshman year of college have I sat down and listened to this album all the way through. It feels very much like a representation mm -hmm. of my high school years. And like you told me earlier today, this album feels like sophomore year of high school, which would make it sense when me. I discovered it. Yeah. It's unbelievable, but it's the natural conclusion I think for me, especially because on this show, we've talked about modern baseball, we've talked about Morrissey, and we've talked about the front bottoms. And I don't want to send you a Smiths album just because that's, I mean, I could talk about the Smiths, but everybody hears me talk about the Smiths. This is on a number of levels, the natural conclusion for us as friends. It's the last time we'll talk and obviously yeah. for the podcast as well. If you think I'm going to talk to you if they're in a podcast appearance, I'm going to get out of it. You're dead wrong. 
that's a very good relationship to have with people <laughs> but um no i completely agree like it felt i sent you a list of like 20 albums um i don't know why i saying that many that was an insane thing to do um but uh and they were all like there were I some weird you, ones you had defiance ohio on there one of them that i'm looking at now <laughs> Take There's Care by weird. Drake, which I've never heard before. <laughs> like, I don't know weird. that album. <laughs> there was a few on there that I just thought would be, like, funny for the series finale. For sure. <laughs> Take Care by Drake. I just as, like, uh, Ariana Grande, thank you, Dex. That is very funny. I wish That's I funny. would have seen that earlier. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I did American football, though. You made a meme of the American oh football God, episode yeah. that I did. I had my friend Mike Spears, who was my co-host that. on my other podcast. Uh, Mike Spears and I talked about American football. That was a fun episode. Can't be expected to remember every Photoshop I make for a podcast. But <laughs> I still stand by what I said, though. I do think uh, I do think Enema of the State, like 182, would have been a good finale, too. Yeah, because you unabashedly love that record. And that's about the time that bitch hung up on me. It's really good. I love the dichotomy that that record goes from Adam's song into all the small things. <laughs> yeah. It is the craziest total shift I've ever heard. I, this on is an what album. I said to you is that you, you could, if some, if an alien came down and said, "What's pop punk?" You could just show them "Enema of the State" and they'd be like, "Got it." Which I think, I think the same can be said yeah. for AJJ and folk for punk. For folk punk, totally. Because this is exactly this was the album that grabbed you, and then you listened to the rest of the things, and you said okay yeah. i'm good i have a very whereas, similar relationship with those two albums whereas for me and i you know i like blink i don't have an issue with them i like that album but upon hearing people who can eat people yeah i was blown away by the concept of folk punk i thought that was just the craziest yeah. i thought that was the craziest thing you could do i me couldn't too. believe that people were doing that and then you know defiance ohio was a huge band for me all of the Johnny Hobo stuff, which later became Wingnut Dishwashers Union, which later became Ramshackle Glory, and I, I think Live the Dream, which is their final record, is a masterpiece. Now, it's very funny to me that I was really into Ramshackle Glory in high school because they are a, they're a band of, of quite literal anarchists and mm-hmm. these like insane leftist politics that make me blush. <laughs> and at the time, list, listening to it in high school, I was like, well, it's all metaphorical. And now I listen to no. it. It's like, oh no, this is a very literal album. Yeah, no. This is insane <laughs> to listen to, but I think it, I think it holds up, but I think there's a lot you can learn about just humanity and how you should treat other people on live the dream and then just to to briefly finish up my point on discovering other bands like you just look at the asian man records catalog they put out the first two alkaline trio records there was a folk punk album by a band called the wild and i think they only put out one album it was called set ourselves free and that was a big one for me i remember right when i got my license that was one that i would mix in quite a bit because it was much more just on the folkier side of things there were some punk elements to it but it was really just kind of a good folk album and i remember being really into that and then when i saw ajj in 2017 we could talk about that a little bit the opening band was ogakubu station which was Mm. mike park's band mike park is the founder and an operator of asian man records and i remember going up to him after the show buying the album that he was selling and just you know shaking his hand saying mike you know thank you for all the music you've put out, like it's, it has made a positive impact on my life, which is on the rare instance that I meet someone that I am a big fan of. I typically just like telling them, Hey, this has made my life better. Thank you very much. This is so obviously this is like just the definition of a seminal album for you. Like it's, it's completely really important to you, but, but so I, I want to know you hadn't heard it in a while. You went back, listened to it this week. I had the same 
uh, situation. I went back, listened to it, hadn't heard it in a long time. What do you think? Does it hold up? I was stunned at how much it held up. Me I, too. <laughs> I loved it. Like I sat, I, so here was my day yesterday. I had an overdue library book at Columbia College Chicago's library because I needed a, I needed an actual book for a class. And so I knew I was going to be in the loop today as we're recording this, but I thought, you know what? I really need to sit down and listen to that AJJ album. Let me go on the train, put on this album, get off at the Harrison stop, walk to the library, throw this book in a shoot, and then walk back, get on the train. It's, you know, a half hour both ways. It ate up an hour of my of my day, mm-hmm. but I listened to the album on the way, you know, to and from, and then yeah, multiple times so today. And I was just sitting there going like, oh my God, I... I love every song on this record. I don't have too many albums that to me are 10 out of 10s, but I'll tell you right now, this is one of them. I think this is an absolute masterpiece. And while there's parts of AJJ that I don't necessarily think are cringeworthy because I I actually, I applaud them for how they are continuously able to adapt and, you know, obviously dropping the the name that they used to have. Change their name, yeah. (laughs) Putting their money where their mouth is before people like had to. Yes, because you know I, mean? I remember that was that was 2016, and I had got home from school and I took a nap. And when I woke up, I had like the notification from them on their mailing yeah. list that they had changed the name, <laughs> and just being so confused about what was like. So much had happened in this 45 minute nap, but yeah, this record. I, I just love it. And there are so many little lines that I guess we can kind of talk about. I, I, I don't know if you want to go song by song, but it was just listening to it all the way through. I was like, yeah, no, this is not, I don't feel like I'm looking at this through a very nostalgic lens. I just kind of think this record kicks ass. I, I really liked it. Like I went back and I was like, this actually is very good. I've listened to some other AJJ songs recently that I did not hold up. Um, but I listened, but this album, I felt pretty strongly that I still liked it. Um, just talking about the name change too, for a second, there's kind of this theme in their, in their music of, they do that thing where they do your bit essentially, where you're like, I'm an ally and you, and you come out and say it, but they were doing it in like 2003 when it was like, not, I don't think it was, I don't know, but it it feels crazy to me. Like it, it reads as corny now. Yeah, but, like, but I don't know if it's because they actually were doing it at a time <laughs> when, like, I don't know. Should we? This is like not a conversation for us to have. But like, should well, no, they be applauded for trying? I, I, it's very interesting. I mean, they that said American that, Tune song I sent you that that song is like it made me cringe so much. But, well, yeah, that's that's off Knife Man, the song American yeah. Tune, which is I, I mean, it's a song that was released in 2011. That's all about specifically new, like yeah. white male privilege, which is. I guess compared, I'm not saying it's ahead of its time, but compared to the rest of the world, an, in, yeah. an incredibly thoughtful and introspective song that it's I think- At least like white dudes making folk punk or- Exactly. Or yeah. It, it fit the context of it. I remember when they changed their name on the press release, they said, you know, we were teenagers when we started this band in 2003 and we simply just- either didn't think we would be alive or that the yeah. band wouldn't exist by 2016. So obviously, you know, what we did 13 years ago doesn't look yeah. great in the eyes of now. And, you know, some dorks got upset about it, but I was like, yeah, no, this is cool. Like you just have to update I, your shit. I do remember hearing an interview with Sean Bonnet, who's the lead singer in AJJ. 
where essentially he was saying like it was addressing people who were mad at them like nerds who were mad at them for changing their name and for like succumbing to cancel culture and he was just like he's like there are 10 10 times as many people have come up to us angry that we changed like offended that we changed our name and people who were offended by our name in the first place so just like check yourself if you're like <laughs> if, you're the, if you're angry if you're angry that we're like succumbing to people who are upset like you are truly more upset than anyone it's crazy um i was talking about my shirt that i'm wearing right now and how that gets looks on people it's wild to think that i used to walk around in public with a shirt that said andrew jackson jihad on it and was yeah. like yeah this is who i am this is cool i have a i have a picture yeah. of me that i love it's a picture of me and someone who shall remain nameless outside the art institute in chicago <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's who you should have got former guest the show madeline pin you I, should have had her. I, I fully would have if i had any contact information shout out uh, madeline uh and shout out madeline i just uh, said madeline i thought you said madeline but we have a, there's a picture of us outside the the art institute of chicago that i think is like a great picture of the both of us and it's me and an Andrew Jackson Jihad shirt, which I think is so funny. I have a picture of you freshman year sitting outside of Comedy Survey wearing an Andrew Jackson Jihad shirt. That's so Literally that's just th this cover. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the updated one. That is uh, from when I saw them because they were on the 10 year anniversary tour yeah. of this album. And when I saw them, it was 10 years to the day that this album had come out. It was September 11th, 2017. Which I don't know why I wasn't there. No, I, I don't, I don't know either. I mean, those shows sold out really quick because that I, has to be, because we were, I remember showing up to school and us talking about like, we should go to that show. Yeah. Because I had definitely bought tickets the day they came out. Cause I was at subterranean, which I, I mean, God, it's been, it's been two years since I've been there at this point. I, it's probably a 400 capacity venue, maybe a little less. And they ended up running two shows that night. They did a, they had yeah. one show booked and then uh, they did this often on that tour where they would add an earlier show and I remember thinking like, oh, I should go to the early show too. And then I ended up not doing that, which would have been, that would have been a lot of AJJ for one night. But yeah, the picture you have of me is, is the album cover, which just says AJJ on it. It's like the updated print of that. Yeah. I used to have a shirt that was black and white uh, that I really liked actually, because there was like a picture of a dog on it and it said Andrew Jackson Jihad written out. And that is a wild, wild shirt to be wearing in public. It's crazy. It's just nuts that like you would, because like people don't know what that band is. So you're just wearing a shirt that says Andrew Jackson. No, AJJ was the first band that I remember being very social and open about my yeah. music taste and people recoiling and just yeah. not being interested. Because I mean, you remember like freshman year of college, I showed up, I was like, hey, my thing is I like the Smiths. That's my band. Yeah. I like them. They're cool as shit. It was that to an even more extreme degree in high school with AJJ. Wow. Like I just, people knew that I loved this band and I remember being very confused, like actually confused when I would show people their music and they wouldn't like it because it hit me on such like a deep level and they just wouldn't, they wouldn't understand it. But as we go through this album, I yeah. mean, even on the opening track, like, you know, Rejoice, Rejoice just, the Rejoice. just the simplicity of, Rejoice despite this fact, despite the fact this world will hurt you. To, uh, rejoice despite the fact this world will kill you. Rejoice despite the fact this world will tear you to shreds. At the time, and it might be corny now, but as someone that was severely mentally ill at my sophomore and junior year of high school, that was nice to hear. And I, and I do find the balance of nihilism on this record to be very intriguing in terms of there are, you know, songs yeah. very uh, almost pro-death in a way, you know, pro-ending yeah. uh, the suffering to very an extreme degree. Lord. 
very very much so but there's also an incredible amount of hope and joy on this record and i found my own brain kind of being in a tug of war between those two ideologies at the time and hearing it expressed on an album was riveting to me the the album like does that and i think it's really apparent that it does it because even in high school i remember having a friend listen to this album and he really liked it and he would he would tell me like he he, he would tell me like there, some of the songs i just can't, i can't condone what he's talking about i can't I, like I, I, but he but he would be like but the, that last song people i love that he ends the album that way it's so positive Not to was it ahead, specifically but... with his uh his issues with the album was it anything to do with religion yes Okay, because listening I think back, so, yeah. I kind of forgot how provocative this album is in terms of religion, and I forgot that that was something that was very, also, very appealing to me. Also, I think part of it was just like, like there's a, there's a line in the song, I believe, People Too, just about like equating like child pornographers, cannibals, and politicians. Yes, and which is that- so funny. I, th- I think he was like, what? No. He did the Nixon? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's an album that I, I remember having this thought pretty early on listening to it where I was just like, and this will sound, this will sound ridiculous, but I remember having this thought of like, oh, you can't do that. Like even <laughs> there was something that was so detached to me compared to like the punk records that I was listening to at the time of, again, you know, Minor Threat or Adolescence or Agent Orange or whoever it was, Bad Religion being another one, where their, their records were primarily political. And at the time they were discussing, you know, Reaganomics or whatever. And it was stuff that I didn't really have a firm grasp on. <laughs> but an album like this that was so self-aware, breaking the fourth wall at times, I guess is the way to phrase it. And also in people too, literally referencing another song was i like i couldn't believe it yeah it was it was shocking on top of the instrumentation which on this album it's you know sean on guitar with his very signature guitar style that is the one i, was, I think universal positive that people can point to is like sean bonnet is an amazing guitarist and then you had been on the upright bass and and dylan cook on the mandolin on this album which i think I adds say, a lot yeah. to it this it's like for people who haven't heard this album it's like mostly just those two guys going crazy on their instruments like there's very little i don't want to say production but there's like it's very very stripped back no that was another thing discovering folk punk music and just how stripped down everything was and like the next ajj release was an ep called only god can judge me and that is just an acoustic guitar and an upright bass and it sounds Mm -hmm. like it was recorded with with a microphone on the guitar a microphone on the bass and a microphone for vocals it's so bare bones and i got so heavy into that style that you know i had i had liked the smiths around this time but that was when i started to shift in the opposite direction to go there like hearing johnny mars guitar riffs and the layers of vocals and guitars and the loud drums it was jarring because I had been listening to one guy fiddling with a guitar <laughs> consistently for a year and a half at that point. But yeah, the production is just so raw on this. It's incredible. Raw and also just like, it's so funny that you're like, you were mostly listening to this one band for so long because their songs are so short. Like you must've just been listening to the same songs like hundreds of times. Like just like, so on um, the second song, Brave as a Noun, which in my mind is like, one of 
the the better like i love that song brave as a noun it's the most most played song on spotify which surprised me and it's a minute and 14 seconds and then just like as soon as it gets a little boring it just goes right into survival song yeah i i guess i mean we have talked on the show before about song length and how that just doesn't it just doesn't bother me and to answer your question yes i was listening to this album over and over and over again everything they were doing which would (laughs) have Listening to this album is like watching a Seinfeld. It takes the same amount of time. <laughs> it's why I love both of those things. I like things you could do in 25 minutes or less. But it's just like you were watching the same Seinfeld or King of Queens episode over and over and over. That again. is what I do, Jake. You do know me. <laughs> that is what I do. But I mean, it was like this record and then Only God Can Judge Me and then Can't Maintain and then they did like the reissue of their early stuff that they don't play live that that album that's like reissues and cap guns and something they they don't play any of those songs live they don't like the way they don't like the way they've held up even Mm. in 2012 they were saying these songs are dated we don't want to play them anymore but we'll put them out on this album for you guys to listen to um and then you had knife man which which you've always liked a little bit more than me although i do think there are elements of knife man that are incredible i yeah and i actually lean more towards you now where i think there's parts of it that i really really hold up the way I wanted it to. And then I remember the summer of 2016, they released the Bible too. And that was the I first album that I was like on the release cycle for and being, cause they were releasing individual songs on Bandcamp, And I remember being so excited every time we would get a little thing. They have yeah. a song referencing girls on HBO. And at the time I didn't even know the reference they were making. And now I look at that as a, so as a real piece of art. Hard. <laughs> they were referencing Shoshana, who's the best character on that show. Um, as for Brave as a Noun, and we oh, can talk wait, about yeah. what is the what is the if I were sorry, one of the I girls, I would if if I were one of the girls, I would be Shoshana. I know that lyric, yeah, and I remember also being like, What is it? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, as for Brave as a Noun, and I guess survival song as well, this is where the the lyricism really hit me in terms of just how different it was. I talked about Nirvana earlier and how they made such a big impact on me. And I think part of it was the, just the nonsense that Kurt Cobain would write for song lyrics as someone that was very confused just about life and what I was feeling at the time that really spoke to me. It was like this heavy level of confusion. But by the time that I had started to listen to AJJ I had these very specific feelings that I didn't know what to do with. And that transition of even just something on Brave as a Now, like if this is how you folks make art, then it's fucking depressing. Like I was just like, oh my God, like that's so provocative. That's so crazy. (laughs) It was was just, it was so exciting to listen to. I don't really remember. I, I don't, I, well, I guess with the Morrissey stuff, like when I started listening to Morrissey's solo albums and then later on Touche More, that was kind of the last time that I just remember listening to something being like, whoa, like this is neat stuff. This is crazy. Yeah. I have, I still every, I, every now and then have like a moment where I'll hear something and it kind of blows me away. And then I'm like locked into this thing. But I will say as I get older, it happens like, more and more infrequently and eventually i think it's just going to be like i mean you don't get you don't you don't like go crazy for a new band when you're 50 do you it's the passing of time and all of its sickening crimes i mean it's just part of it's part of life but i mean i know i know people that are i will say older 
that still get really excited for new music. I I think it's just a, a conscious choice that people make where they decide, okay. okay, I'm old. I don't, you know, I, I don't need any of this new music anymore, which is fine if that's yeah. uh, how you how you end up residing. Let me ask you a question real quick about track four. Okay. Bad, bad things. uh, (laughs) I'm looking at the time and I realized we had gone as long as we had already, Um, which is fine. I I don't have anywhere to be, but uh, we talked earlier about songs that maybe don't hold up as well and how this band has constantly tried to change their image (laughs) to fit in with the times. What do you think about bad, bad things as a song? I did. It was the one that was like, this is real edgelord stuff right here. Like, and it probably is the one that holds up the least just because and not even like in a like let's cancel these guys way it's just like all right calm down <laughs> anyways <laughs> like that's the song that i remember I, I remember being shown ajj by people and it was a song that like if you played it at like a like a party with some alt kids i remember they were like like there was a certain type of kid in high school that liked ajj that would be like yes i love bad bad things and you're like okay i think i might hang out with you a little less than these other new friends i'm making who also like this band that's really funny because i have in my notes that there are people that like this song too much yeah exactly but this is to talk about religion continue without mercy (laughs) um i like when i when i heard this i was a sophomore in high school and I was pretty Catholic at the time. I look back <laughs> on that as like, yeah, I was like taking religion pretty seriously. And I don't, it's like you said, everybody just needs to calm down. I, that's how I feel about religion is like, if you're a Ricky Gervais type, like, oh, you're still believing in this man in the clouds, like settle down. Like that's fucking obnoxious. But I also am looking at some of the atrocities in this country, let alone the world that are specifically brought on by religion. Yeah. And I do think people should calm down. The The line towards the end of, uh, if I don't go to hell when I die, I might go to heaven. Yeah. That was, that was a mind-blowing one for me of just speaking about religion in such a provocative and almost sort of taunting way. Yeah, that was a big eye opener. Probably not. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like they did a lot of that. I don't really feel like they talk about religion all that much now, but those first few albums, there's a lot of heaven or hell dichotomy, which I found to be very interesting. Even just like the name of the album is is in it's that vein of like this is okay these guys are a little bit angry maybe maybe a little bit cheeky some cheeky lads make made this album some cheeky lads and and i think that continues with no more tears which is a song that i have a weird story about i don't necessarily know if it's entertaining so i'll try to make this as quick as possible but the last summer that i played baseball it was after my sophomore year of high school i was in a hotel room with my teammates in kentucky and two things were going on. One, we had a kid with us who didn't normally play with us, and his name was Caleb. And I remember he came in and immediately creeped me out because he was talking about sex in just a very sort of frat way. How and it was me. He was like 16, but he was just, <laughs> yeah. what he was doing was quite honestly, he was probably just being a normal 16 year old, but it was making me incredibly uncomfortable no, with the way he can, was talking. You can like, when you're a teenager, you can clock when kids are a little too excited. I, I <laughs> thought he was way too excited. Like I, it, it ended up, it was one of those deals where that was the weekend where 
it was supposed to be a thing where the players were going to share hotel rooms because they're now 16 years old and they can act responsibly and they can go to bed when they need to and wake up the next day and play baseball games. And I was supposed to be in his room and I ended up staying with my parents that weekend. I, I told them, I was like, hey, this dude is not it. But I remember that night, somehow music came up and somehow somebody wanted to look through the songs that I had on my phone. <laughs> and even at the time being like, guys, like you're not going to like this very similar to what I would do now. I mean, I, I will, you know, take the aux if I'm given it, but I know it's not what people are necessarily wanting for that environment. And just being like, Hey guys, like, it's not, you, you guys aren't going to really like this stuff. And one of the kids on my baseball team, lost his mind thought it was the funniest shit that i had a song on my ipod called no more tears <laughs> like he couldn't before even listening that's to the song that's because that kid's dad doesn't let him cry at home we we and know he someone has this toxic rage that he has to direct at you we know someone that definitely knows this kid so there's like i almost feel like i need to protect his identity okay. a little bit okay i won't say anything <laughs> because there's not a lot of separation between us two um but i just remember he thought it was like the funniest shit that there was a song called no more tears and then he played it and it's a minute long folk song and i was like yeah guys like i told you guys you would hate this and then it just became like the Ann Coulter roast on Comedy Central, them like hurling insults at me. I was like, I told you guys you weren't gonna like it. Like this, is, I played baseball with guys that went to like private schools yeah. and lived like had boats. Like I was the bum of that group, and they like none of them understood HJJ in the slightest. And no more tears was the one that revealed that. That's like man cave rules poster level. Like no more tears. <laughs> what? That's crazy. I have no story about No More Tears, but I love that story. Good. Um, I, I, I'm glad. I will say um, the next three tracks, Bells and Whistles, Randy's House, a song dedicated to the memory of Stormy the Rabbit. That 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 like that's like a valley in the album for me where I, I like those songs, but like it's definitely for me, this album like starts off really strong and ends really strong and in the middle. It's not bad, but I don't really have many thoughts about those songs if you want to keep things moving. Well, yeah, I, I will, I guess, briefly speak my piece on specifically Randy's house, because I actually think that's one of the high points on okay. the album, because you could show somebody people to the reckoning and you could be like, this is what folk punk is. Yeah. You could very easily show somebody Randy's house and say, this is what AJJ is. And you can either hop on now or you can get off. Cause I think it's a, it, yeah. it, it showcases their instrumentation really well with Sean strumming and with the bass in that song. And I think the lyrics are not necessarily funny, not necessarily interesting. I just think the lyrics are easy to consume. It tells an interesting story and seeing them live where again, they played this whole album all the way through and then they did another half hour of just whatever. But I remember Sean saying before they played this live is like the hardest part of this tour has been playing Randy's house every night. It destroys hmm. my hand. Like it's, it sucks yeah, to play quite honestly, uh, but it's, it's a really kind of AJJ style of song. Yeah. And then a song dedicated to the memory of Stormy the rabbit. If anything, I, like there were two lines here that really, did something for me as a teenager just the beginning of that four four fortnights i have fled from my fortress foraging forest five footsteps in length i remember thinking that was really cool and i still do i think that's clever songwriting 
the the middle you of love the... Hamilton. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Um, but the middle of this song where Sean is saying, first we were babies, we're birthing and dying, yeah. and then we're children, we're playing and crying, and then we're teenagers and smoking and fucking, but now <laughs> we're all grown up and we're sadly sighing. Like That's pretty I, good. I don't know if that line necessarily holds up now, but as a 17 year old 17, you hear that, you go. It was it was exactly that. It was like oh uh did he just go there (laughs) (laughs) your like review of this album is like someone at like a cat williams show who's just like i can't believe he went there maybe cat williams is like the wrong reference that's the funniest reference you could have made (laughs) you're just like i I, (laughs) because i wanted to be like you're you're at like a (laughs) (laughs) you're like an anthony jesselnick show and you're like yeah i like him because he goes there and he's going to go someplace that you are a little maybe scared to go. But it's not the no, edgelord factor of it. It's no, this... I get it. It's just, it's just every time you, your reaction is just like, what? Did he just say that? Uh, yeah, I think he just said that. Because I've had to grapple with this idea over the past year of, I guess just like, I don't even mean this as a bit, just like grappling with the idea that I'm kind of a fucking loser. Like, I really like... Yeah. I'm not saying you're a loser. I'm just saying I've noticed that you have... You now wear that. Well, it's just like, what what do I do with my life? Like, I host a music (laughs) podcast and no woman likes me. (laughs) That's wrong. You're wrong. They like me as friends, but it's just... Oh, what is so? What are you saying? Are you saying you're caught in a particular zone? (laughs) No, no, but I have a story to tell you off the air about that. I literally can't can't tell on this podcast. I bet it would be, I bet it would be less, it would be less of a red flag if you just told me it on air. But I, 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 no, because it's 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 about someone I don't want it to get back to them. Um, but. (laughs) Yeah, like I just I the the term that I use was I have a a small footprint of debauchery. Like I haven't done a, a lot of things in life, and I mean, thank like I think about this now. Thankfully, we lived with two people freshman year who were super into recreational drug use because it was exposure therapy therapy for me of just the idea that people could do this and live. Mm. I just look back at how naive I was. Don't dox them first off. But no, of course not. Um, But how naive I was, especially in high school of just not like, I know people that did really hard drugs in high school and I don't know how, like I just, the work to like the school to life balance as a junior in high school. Yeah. I don't know how you could fit cocaine into that mix. It blows my mind. That's that's how you manage that balance. (laughs) That's why my grades were so bad in high school. (laughs) I couldn't do it. (laughs) You should have just had a little bump every now and then. But there was something very freeing and expressive and artistic about AJJ that I hadn't that I hadn't really tapped into because again the other punk rock I was listening to at the time was purely political and it was I liked the the aura of what it was bringing this almost sense of danger it was something exciting for me but other than the straight edge ideology their words didn't have this ginormous impact on me but as we've talked about with almost literally every song on this album there's a line that I can point to and say yes there is a time where that line really meant something to me 
I think that's beautiful. Um, let's talk about those last three songs, which I think you can kind of obviously group together. Uh, people 2, colon, The Reckoning, Personal Space Invader, and then the closing track, People. I love yeah. these three songs, all three of them. Um, they're, they're incredible. Yeah. I think that AJJ consistently, I say consistently, I'm only referring to two albums. This and A Knife Man, they do a really solid job of like the last third of the album feels like it's all a part of the ending. Yeah, there's, uh, I, they've been able to tap into a sort of apocalyptic vibe that I think is yeah. really interesting. And to be doing that in 2007 is unfortunate, but, you know, impressive. People to the recting, like listening to it today, I was just sort of taken aback at how good of a song it is, just yeah. from the structure and the instrumentation. When they start doing the the Simon and Garfunkel thing. Which it's, it's, I'm so glad you said that, because to me, for the longest time, that was just a Lemonheads reference, because Lemonheads uh, oh, wow. did yeah, a no, cover yeah, of Mrs. Robinson. I didn't know that was a Simon and Garfunkel yeah. song until <laughs> a pr- probably my freshman year of college, quite honestly. For it was, real? Well, because that's in the, the graduate. <laughs> okay, so, so I was trying to figure out when I watched the graduate for, for the first time, which I think was the summer in between high school and college. And I was like, oh, I guess the Lemonheads didn't write that song. But to me, that was always just a Lemonheads reference because I, I think they're tremendous. My um, twisted version of that story is I remember watching The Wolf of Wall Street, hearing the Lemonheads version, and being like, okay, covering. Uh... And that's your favorite movie because you see a lot of yourself on that. I just think it's any day now I'm going to be like that. Um, <laughs> I have a, I'm, since this podcast is ending soon, I just want to, not the episode, just it, it's ending the show. I just want to put out this music thing I noticed. The Wolf of Wall Street does this thing where they take a lot of 60s songs and then feature punk covers of like 90s punk covers of them because they have that Mrs. Robinson cover and then they have a cover of Sloop John B that's like, Sloop John B. And, um, I just want to know what Scorsese was thinking there. I want to know what he meant by that. I, I can't I can't help you because I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. I know I've seen it at some point. I think the last time I saw it, it was on HBO. Um, yeah, I bet they showed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not TV, it's HBO. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But People Do the Right Thing is it just kind of... It, it's it's an incredible song like i think yeah, it's just awesome. like a legitimately good pop song personal space invader is really interesting because i've never thought about the ethics of using cocaine before and this song makes me question that on a very intense level it's it's probably to me the most impactful emotional song on the album i love it i think it's awesome just even just the title is really cool tremendous oh my god so good yeah um yeah and, it's, ha- and having it be sandwiched in between the two people songs is like a cool context i think i i completely agree it's it was kind of one of those where you know again i listen to people too today and be like man this is such a good song i can't believe just how good this is and then i would listen to personal space evader it's like man i can't believe how dark this is i kind of forgot just yeah. how how brutal this is but the album ends on people and the I most will, like optimistic song. I, I'll maintain that I think "People Are My Religion" because I believe in them is a fucking cool line. I it's think really that's cool. awesome, and you know, I I have faith in my fellow man, and I only hope that he has faith in me. Like, fuck, that's I hope, and I don't know. I mean, you you know me at this point better than most people on earth. I would like to fucking think I bring a little bit of that. 
atmosphere Definitely. into the world. Like I, you know, I I try not to take things too seriously. Yeah, um, you thought we were all going to band together and this COVID thing would be over in a few weeks. I remember that. That's like an example <laughs> of not, I, a few months. I, I would say a few months where yeah, I, know. I was like, fucking America talks about, you know, uh, we're unity. This is the country that's going to band together. Yeah. And I... I mean, I say this as, you know, someone that's still watching people that I know aren't vaccinated go out and, and do yeah. wild things. I just I just thought it would be so much easier to get through this. I thought people <laughs> would really care about one another. And, and quite frankly, like the last year has been really hard for me, not even on like a mental health aspect or the fact that I, I can't, I mean, I've seen you, I think four times in the past year, which is just yeah. wild to me, given how much time we used to spend with each other in person, but just the raw shittiness of most people just not caring about others has unfortunately really caused me to reevaluate how I think about the world. Um, I, yeah. I think truly, you're going to see like reverberations from this last year just popping up in so we go to columbia and we do creative stuff it's just going to be like it's going to be such a constant theme in the things people make for decades people our age just like having grown up and and sort of had this period in our lives like really having the question like are people good <laughs> do, like is humanity I, good i i mean it sucks. Like I, I hate thinking about it, but I know people that I thought were smart that don't understand COVID. Like I just don't, I don't understand. Like I miss spending time with you and with our friends so much in two weeks from now, my ass will be in your apartment. Uh, I I'm looking forward to hang out with you guys again, but I just like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I really am troubled by this idea that this basic thing we could do. And I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, I, no, you know, I, I've been, you know, oh, I like being inside. It's been great for me. And there are parts of COVID that quite honestly have been very good for me. I've been able to accomplish a lot of things because I've had the time, but just the blatant disregard, I mean, forget even science or masks or whatever it is just the humanitarian aspect of not caring about others in this very intentional way is has been really, really hard for me, let alone you throw in police violence and just uh, poverty and general suffering. And it's it's been uh, unfortunately an eye-opening year in the opposite direction of where I would like things to go. Because uh, again, I would like to think that in my own life, I bring some of this people are my religion because i believe in them but i i have really struggled to look outward and find a widespread level of good in this past year and i think it's uh incredibly disheartening to be 22 and beaten down to such a degree i don't i don't like that i'm feeling this way but i'm dealing with to me what is evidence that this is just the reality we're living in. And I don't know how to get out of that. And I think this is kind of a, the perfect song for those feelings because the song does say people are wasteful, they waste all the food, people are hateful and people are rude. But God, I love some people sometimes because people are very, very special. And it's like, yeah, it's because the, the things, I, I've, same, I've, I share so many of those feelings, like the, the things people have 
just that you've seen in the world in the last year, it makes you really, really have to contemplate just the the depths of humanity and how bad it can get. And at the same time, in the last year, the stuff that's made me happiest are like the people that I actually enjoy. Um, yeah, I will that's, say, yeah. I will say uh, the worst thing to happen this year still is the Lakers winning the NBA championship. Oh my God. Awful. I mean, terrible. just the fact that the bubble ended with that, yeah, which was what? a bad final series anyways, but just it could have been other than, yeah, it could have, we could have had, you know how cool it would have been if Jimmy Butler won a championship for the heat at the end of that. I get on my Facebook page. I get like targeted sports radio post all the time and there was one that from two days ago that was like Steph Curry has scored more 40 point games in his career than LeBron James and Michael Jordan I think that was the stat is Steph Curry the new goat and I just clicked (laughs) on the comments and it was just like no finals MVP this dude soft AF (laughs) fucking like he couldn't lace Kobe's shoes it's like I'm sorry I think Steph historically is better than Kobe Bryant and that's your fucking problem if you don't disagree if you don't agree with that Uh, but the amount of like angry LeBron and Michael Jordan yeah. fans getting so upset about Steph Curry being awesome. <laughs> um, Case, I feel like it's probably right that we end this podcast on a weird non sequitur about uh, the NBA bubble. <laughs> um, <laughs> the most culturally relevant thing there is. As, as interim host, I think I'm going to hand it over to you. I will, my pitch is that I think you should wrap up your feelings about the show. And then I think you should uh, play all of people to play it out. Um, I'm afraid that this podcast is going to get flagged for the amount of good riddance time of your life that is in um, this podcast. I was thinking about that. I can send you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, can send I think you. they'll be fine. I think we fly <laughs> under the radar. Um, as for People Who Can Eat People by AJJ, which came out on September 11, 2007, I, I will, I guess, ask myself this question because I am the guest this time around. Who needs to hear this album and why? Um, it, it, it's it's an album for when you are sick of suffering and when you when you are ready to turn a new page. At least that's what it was for me. Uh, the point of this podcast was partially to just help. Ho- hopefully, I hope that somebody listening discovered a band that they didn't know before and they now love that band. Truly, if somebody got something out of that, tremendous. Um, This chapter of the show is over. The feed will be open. We'll probably do an episode this summer when something comes up that we want to talk about. Uh, I would imagine by the fall, either I am back talking about music in some capacity or simply put the show is back in some capacity. Um, But it really does mean a lot that uh, you have those people send in. And I just want to reiterate, when I asked them, I thought it was ending forever. So I'm not fake news for making them. No, 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 no. Because if the show comes back, it's going to, it's going to look much different. This is very much the end of, yeah, this is uh, almost like a, like a showrunner leaving a show. Like when the show comes back, it will not be here are my friends talking about an album they like. Uh, I don't know what the show is going to be yet though. That's part of the reason it's going away. Um, but well, yeah. I also just, before you finish up, I want to thank you for having me on so many times. Oh my goodness. I mean, you were a natural first guest. You are a natural last guest. Uh, thank you for tolerating my bullshit. Just in no general. Lies. I hear no lies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, 
it, you know, th- thank you for listening. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. If you listen to the podcast, I appreciate it. If you supported it in any way, either liking it or sharing it, I appreciate it. Uh, it certainly won't be the last podcast that I host. Uh, if you're interested in my thoughts on Japanese oh, wrestling, no. uh, open the voice gate every Wednesday, voice of wrestling podcasting network. Uh, you can use promo code OTVG for 20% off and free shipping on your first manscaped order until the end of April. If you want to get on Are that. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. They sent me a box. I got to We got to talk. <laughs> and we will. Um, but no, thank you to everybody uh, that listened. This was a very fun experience just for me. I, like, like we said at the top of the show, I'm glad this exists as a time capsule. Uh, Jake Kling Smith, before you go, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, you know, I do actually. Um, you know, I don't, I was trying to research, um, charities earlier because uh right now things are are starting to look up in terms of vaccines in the united states india is getting just decimated right now by the coronavirus i didn't want to plug a charity though unless i like vetted it and i didn't have time to vet any ones though um you, you know what you can do you can get your fucking vaccine that will help yeah, that will help everybody plug. out go get vaxxed um do you think there's anyone who will listen to this and say i wasn't sure about my vaccine and then art school albums told me to do I get a referral code from Bill Gates if that happens? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates sent me a little bit on the side. Um, I have please, nothing to plug. I'm yeah, just, yeah. Please go get your vaccine. I'm so I'm so annoyed by people that aren't vaccinated, at least to some capacity at this point. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at underscore caselow, C-A-S-E-L-W-E. I think I'm going to close the Instagram for this account, but if you want to get in before the buzzer at art school albums on Instagram, the feed will stay up. These shows will be here until I need to remove them at some point for professional reasons. I'm sure. You got to keep them somewhere, Um, but I I have them all backed up uh, and the the feed will still be up. I think I'm going to close that Instagram pretty soon though. Uh, But at art school albums, if for some reason you, you want to get in there, Uh, Jake, Thank you for joining me on the final episode of the Art School Albums podcast. This has been AJJ's People Who Can't Eat People Are the Luckiest People in the World. I said I have faith in my fellow man, and I will get that he has faith in me. I said I have faith in my fellow man, 